Yo, welcome to Stars Podcast, the home of Growth Mindset Moment, where we break down the habits, hacks, and protocols the stars use while relentlessly moving forward to maximize our daily potential. If this is your first time, welcome to the fam. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for stopping back. Our guests range from entrepreneurs, C-suite pros, Web3, NFT, and crypto enthusiasts, jiu-jitsu athletes, fitness instructors, mindset coaches, lawyers, and everything in between. They may seem different on the surface. However, when we start to break down the systems they all live by, we quickly realize we're all not so different after all. I'm your host, Ron Jordan, along with my co-host, Alyssa Jordan, coming out of Rosinante Studios in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Let's get into the journey. Yo, what's up, GMM? Here we go again, another episode of the Growth Mindset Moment. Today, we are joined by Nico. He's a co-founder of Courtyard.io. And if you don't know who Courtyard.io and you're trading cards, what are you even doing? Um, seriously, get it, give us a round of applause for Nico. They are over at Courtyard. They are just innovating the world, um, doing gasless transactions now. Anybody who's been in Web3 knows that that shit is crazy. Sometimes uh, the gas prices are nuts. Um, this gives you a seamless process to to start trading and, and putting your cards on chain and um, making sure that all that stuff's legit. So, Nico, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, Ron. Thanks. It's great to great to be here. Yeah, and anybody who's been hanging out with me knows uh, V Friends cards, and anybody that knows V Friends cards, they know Courtyard.io. You guys have been uh, upfront and very uh, very into the ecosystem. We've if you go on courtyard.io, you're going to see a bunch of VFriends cards on there. Um, but I'd like to start out with a bang here. You guys just announced a really innovative technology last week, uh, creating that marketplace. So if you want to give a little rundown, uh, what the what the announcement was last week? Yeah, definitely. So we, with the current market in crypto, we we had a switch in terms of our strategy. Uh, initially, we were simply an infrastructure for you store high value collectibles. We create an NFT that's backing that's backed by the asset, and you can trade that NFT in any NFT marketplace. So we were primarily on OpenSea. Now we realize that we really need to expand our user base, and a lot of people collect cards. A lot of people collect collectibles. They don't especially have like uh, a MetaMask wallet or a ledger, and they don't really know what a gas transaction, like a, a gas fee is, right? So we worked really hard and we're very excited to say that we launched last week uh, the first ever marketplace that's a Web2 experience backed by a Web3 backend. What I mean by that is if you have your MetaMask, if you're used to trade NFTs, you can just log in with your, your wallet, uh, sign transaction like with your wallet, like similar to an OpenSea experience. But if you're not uh, into Web3, you can just log in with a Google account. We create a wallet for you. There is no gas fee, so we sponsor a gas fee. Um, and so there is no gas fee. You can pay with a credit card, which seems very simple because you can buy NFT with a credit card when you mint them. But there is actually no one who has really done a marketplace from a peer-to-peer transaction. What I mean by that is like you list your NFT on the marketplace, I can buy you with a credit card and you get paid in crypto. So those are the type of things we're very excited to to, to have launched. Um, the whole objective of this is to focus on bringing the new consumer that are Web2, that are interested in cards, but they don't want to worry about the crypto side of things while still solving for people that want to pay with the Ethereum, want to pay with their wallet. Um, 
and just collect things uh, in the digital space. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and we're we're really stoked about uh, about announcing that. Now, with that, are you able to pay with a credit card, and then the person who listed the asset can they get paid in fiat as well? So they would get paid in USDC. Uh, but we're working on an off-ramp solution. So the, the whole thing is like, it's, it's similar to when you have like Starbucks credits or something, but mm-hmm. except that this case, everything is in USDC in your account and it's self-custodian. So you can export it to wherever you want. You can send it to anyone. Uh, we actually have a new function where you can transfer your NFT to any wallet you want for free. So um, it's, it's really similar That's to trading collecting in the physical world except that it's in the digital world and you can do whatever you want with them and i like that you uh, are sponsoring the gas fees and something that we were talking offline about is hiding the wires because the new consumer uh i think that we've gotten to the early adopters and the early adopters care how the nuts and bolts and the wires work um, but the mass adoption or even on the upside of the bell curve not even mass adoption just adoption like crossing the chasm they don't care about the wires they just want to they want to do what they've been doing but they like the idea that blockchain allows them to prove authenticity provenance all of those things and um that's what you that's what you're offering now you're allowing that con- customer to engage in the blockchain in a meaningful way without all of the uh all the friction that was before that's right that's right. And we, we were we were guilty of that too. I think a lot of blockchain uh, like protocols and blockchain like companies have been talking too much about how the sauce is made, if that makes sense, uh, because it was the early adopter phase. So everybody was exciting, excited about this new technology and how you could solve, as you, you mentioned, like provenance and like um, ownership history and like being able to port your assets in any platform you want and prove that you own it, right? Um, now we're moving to a phase where we stop talking about that and really focus on the asset we're selling. So you mentioned VFriends cards. Like we want people to talk about that VFriends card that just got on chain or like that, that specific baseball card and buy that specific card because they like the card, not specifically because of the technology. And so this is where we had to work hard to hiding the wires, as you mentioned, to focus on... Um, building a seamless experience rather than uh, having all those crazy, what is the gas fee? If, if you if you show to your parents like, oh, you need to pay for this, uh, you need to buy this online, and then what is gas fee? It's hard to explain, right? So we want to abstract it while we're still leveraging, uh, we still leverage the power of that technology in the back end, if that, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. Um, and that's something that I think that people are going to really latch on to. Because it, it again, it's not you're just paying for the actual asset. You're not paying for the shipping and handling charges, and and I think that that's really important. Um, so where did Courtyard start? What what was the uh, what was the idea that got this thing going? Were you card collectors? Were you uh, just collectors in general, or did you see something in the market that was like, yeah, we can we can fill that gap? So funny enough, so I was prior to that, I was uh, I spent about seven years at Google and YouTube. And it was at the time where I really felt like I need to do something else. Uh, I wanted to launch a company, um, had some different ideas. And uh, that was exactly at the time where NFT started to, to blow up. This was back in the day with uh, back in the days with like hash masks and prior to Board Apiat Club almost. Um, oh, okay. and, and I really saw it as a way of like proving ownership 
wherever you are. So you're online, you can just sign your wallet and sign a transaction and you can prove I own this digitally. And I thought of why don't we tie this to something physical and we would have like a third party to store all of those assets securely, insure them, and uh, whoever owns the NFT can say, I want to redeem the physical. And so we thought of who is the most trusted company to store those assets. And we came up with the Brinks. Uh, if, you, if you don't know who Brinks is, uh, it's the company that has all the armor trucks. Uh, all of, it's the, the global leader in security. So we called them up. Um, ended up signing a, a deal with them. Uh, they ended up investing afterwards. And, and we were off to the start. So uh, I left my job. Uh, a good friend of mine, who's a very good friend, uh, was able to lend me $500,000. And I used that money to buy Pokemon cards. So uh, I was there with my co-founder. We bought $500,000 of Pokemon cards. Um, we card range from $100 to like $50,000 card. And we did an NFT drop. Uh, it was as simple as that NFT drop back by the Pokemon card. So it was a close pack. You didn't know what you get. Yeah. Uh, and you you buy a pack $500. We did the launch. We ended up selling out in like two hours, uh, which was kind of crazy. Like I, I, I joke to say that uh, I don't know how my parents like reacted to that reaction. <laughs> Leaving your job, <laughs> buying $500,000 of Pokemon card is not from my own money. Uh, but it ended up going well. So um, so yeah, so that's how we started. And then we, we kept on going. Uh, we build a functionality for people to start sending assets to us. So we create a shipping label for you. Uh, in a few clicks, it goes straight to uh, the vault at Brinks. Uh, so an employee at Brinks like scans the cards and then we do a 3D model of those that we set as an NFT in your account. So it was a whole journey. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of ups and downs as always in startups. Um, but uh, we're really excited to uh, to go to the stage where we where we're at now. So, what was the first Pokemon card that you guys bought? Actually, it was uh, I remember really well. It was we did an auction, so there was like this website where you can buy an auction. It was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar auction at the end because I was just buying all the cards. It was the highest bid winning, and so I was just buying so many cards. And I remember I was uh, I live in New York, but I was in a in Belgium, uh, I'm from Belgium. I was in Belgium uh, during that time visiting family. Okay. And they called me at like midnight. Uh, Can you please send a screenshot of your account to prove that you have the money to pay for the $250,000 because you won the auction. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it, it was kind of this surreal moment, but yeah, it was a, uh, um, it was great. No, that's fantastic. And then what was the, uh, what was the first one that got listed? Uh, first one that got listed, I think like it went, it was at a time where everything went nuts, uh, when it comes to like crypto projects, NFT projects. And so we just had so many people buying and listing, like the, the drops sold out, uh, people were selling close packs. Uh, you can still buy close packs, right? So there, we, we build the ability to, to leave the pack close. So there's still some cards, I think they're, they're going for like $800 a pack now, uh, but you can still buy those close back and you might get a, a more expensive cards incredible uh, than there yeah so what uh so you you were mentioned in packs is that that's something on on the the future checklist right is to the new pack experience uh opening digitally online what is that about over at courtyard definitely so we we worked hard on building this as i mentioned like uh, i like to call it building the pipes right we had to build something where we can bring anyone and just pay with a credit card, create a Google account that was necessary to really build mass adoption on that. 
now that we have this whole concept ready, um, we are going to finally build the thing that we're excited about, which is bringing this fun experience when it comes to collecting. Like um, everybody in collecting loves opening a pack. Uh, everybody loves like discovering what you might get uh, from from like a certain drops or no, like that's exciting. And so going back to our roots with the Pokemon cards, we're going to start uh, announcing a lot of different drops that we are first going to do ourselves. Um, so th there's a lot of news coming up, but like you, you should definitely follow it because we're going to do a lot of drops of like packs where you buy digital pack, you can open it digitally. So you don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go to the shop and see if they have inventory. And it's really bringing this like seamless experience um, that's super quick and fast and interesting for, and all of those, for users. And all of the content inside of those packs actually exist in real life. Exactly. So all the cards that we have are backed in the vault. You can at any point in time, if you open the pack and you win a card, you can at any point in time say, I want to redeem it and we ship it to you uh, wherever you are in the world. So we, that, we had redemption in like 15 countries, which is crazy, right? That's um, the difference between you guys and Top Shot is because everybody's going to compare this to Top Shot. That's what's going to happen. It, it is a bit like Top Shop with physical cards. Uh, exactly. It's a bit like with physical cards physical. that you can buy. And, yeah. and that's the difference exactly. is you have actual cards and physical in the physical world. And that that's always been some some sort of uh, of rub with the with the Top Shots ecosystem is you don't actually have anything uh, for like the normal person out there that that's not into these digital collectibles. They they want something physical, right? They they want a card. They they want something like that, and um, they want to be able to redeem it. And also, too, I'd like to, I'd like you to jump into real quick about whenever you do list a card on there, and let's say that it sells, but nobody redeems it. What happens there? Because there's a commission on the back end, sort of. Yeah. So we want to we created this concept to bring more value to user, right? Uh, at the end of the day, we're early startup, and we really want to bring as much value to collector and bring something new and innovative for uh, for users. And so we came up with this curation uh, curation fee, where if you bring your car to courtyard and list it and sell it, if that person who buy the cards like resells it to somebody else and that other person resells it to somebody else, as the first curator of the card on the platform, you would earn 1% uh, back of the future transaction back to you. And so that's something kind of new and innovative because uh, at the end of the day, like you just bring your card on chain and it just resells, resells, resells. And it's something new that doesn't exist to other platforms. So we we came up with that concept to to really bring more value to collector. We keep on thinking how can we make it more fun, make it more enjoyable, and bring more value to those to those people. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, something that those who are in the blockchain are going to understand because of creator royalties. So it's a very synonymous to that ecosystem. And those that are new. They understand it from a commission type standpoint where if I put this on here, I'm going to gain something each time that it sells up into the point that it's physically redeemed. Um, so that I think mm -hmm. that's super innovative. And it gives, again, like you said, since you are a new startup, you're trying to provide as much value as completely possible uh, to those who are uh, early adopters of your ecosystem. So I, I appreciate that a lot. 
Yeah, and and we want to rely. I mean, at the end of the day, we we use the blockchain for for a reason, right? And the main reason I would say is transparency. Uh, there, there's two main reasons. Like number one, transparency. You talked about provenance, where you can see who owned the card in the past, right? And because of that, you can use the system where you provide back a creation fee for the person. Um, the second piece is also around um, the like the, the transparency for the drops, for instance. There is when we talked about like drops for like packs that we do, like similar to NBA Top Shot that we we're gonna release. That happens in the physical world. But the problem is you don't see the list of all the cards you could get. You you have to trust that the person uh, assigned you the right packs and knows which one is where. Well, here, everything is transparent. We use a blockchain. We, we use a blockchain algorithm to like randomly assign the packs at mint. So everything is more fair and square. And I think there needs to, like there's a need for more transparency in uh, the hobby. Just because, um, yeah, and blockchain provide that transparency. So, yeah. so those and, are really key key and elements. The authenticity, there. the authenticity matters, especially with uh, with any type of collectible, because there's a huge market for knockoffs and uh, things of that nature. So, this is something that uh, proves that it's authentic. And to me, um, if you're looking at it from a uh, not even collectability, but just an a um, an investment standpoint, it allows for liquidity very quickly because you don't have to prove its authenticity after the initial point, right? So you can liquidate right. your assets very quickly uh, and, and get the funds that you need, as opposed to right now, if you had a comic book, you got to get it authentic, uh, prove its authenticity, uh, and then go shipping through the it. There, there might be a risk at shipment and so on. And like to add to that, it's fully global. So we expect as we grow that the the global community, like for instance, there's a huge Pokemon community in France. Right now, they have no way of buying uh, assets in the US, right? But here, everything is more global through the blockchain and we do worldwide redemption. And so because of that, you can just buy a card. We, we actually had some card, I believe it was a surfing Pikachu who was bought like from New York to Japan and then back to Europe within the same day. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, it's crazy, right? And no yeah. need for shipment, no need for... So it's better for a lot of different reasons there. Uh, and so we're really excited to to have that technology there. I think that there's something really monumental and uh, super innovative. And it allows for, like you said, that global fan to participate and not just have to be in the contiguous United States or wherever we're, we're shipping to. And you save on shipping. Which means so more liquidity, things. right? More liquidity because more people exactly. are interested in the cards. So. Yep. I agree with you. So where do you see like the next uh, next six months to a year uh, inside the collectibles world and uh, just with in, in from your eyes? Yeah, so um, first of all, I think we're going to stay within the, the cart, the cart side of things for uh, for a while. We did something. So we if you go to the website, you can see we have an amazing team for 3D modeling and we build ways to like scale those 3D modelings. We did something with sneakers uh, as well. And this was a good learning. I mean, as a startup, you live, you learn, right? Uh, that it's a completely different audience, which means like we don't want to diversify ourselves too much. We really want to focus on the card first, potentially comics. Um, and our goal for this year is really going to be around building more fun experience building a better digital experience for collecting. I like that. um, that's that's going to be all about it. Like for cards, you want to build like a, a fun, enjoyable digital experience for collecting and allowing people to also build their collection, uh, potentially repack their collection. So if you have a lot of cards, 
you could be like sell your pack, uh, your cards as a close pack yourself. So enabling you to create your own repacks. Those are the type of things we're going to be working on um, for, for the next few months. And we're really excited because that's going to be a huge market. I believe um, the final correct. piece. Yeah, the, the, the final piece is around ungraded. Um, so we we're going to work on stuff for because the ungraded market is undeserved uh like people love ungraded cards as well and so there's going to be a lot of fun stuff we can do with uh with stuff yeah so well that is fantastic so if somebody wants to uh to list their cards today um where where should they go to so you just go to courtyard.io um you create an account so it's with a google account if you have your wallet you can add your own wallet but automatically you have a courtyard courtyard wallet uh created and then uh, you just click on uh, like tokenized collectibles and fill out your information where you where you're from, and we print a shipping label that's insured for you. So we print shipping label up to fifteen thousand dollar insurance. It goes straight to the vault that brings. So this is currently only available in the U.S. So we can do redemption worldwide, but to ship your collectible, you need to be U.S. based. And within four or five days, you get your card in your account as a 3D model that you can redeem if you want to, or you can list it and sell it. So it's as simple as that. We really want it to be like a few click, yeah. as simple as it. And you just print the shipping label that we create for you. It's USPS, put it on a box and send it. Well, I'll tell you this, it doesn't get any simpler and it doesn't get any cheaper to list your cards on, on a system, uh, proving authenticity. It's all immutable on the blockchain. So Nico, I, I got to be honest with you, things look up and up and beautiful for, for you guys over at courtyard.io. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing that with us, man. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. Yeah, I am going to be, I think this is the card that I'm going to be putting up. It's the uh, the prototype card Ooh. from V Friends. I think I may uh, I think I may list this one with you guys. Wow, that's really cool. Yes, sir. Sample. Yep. Yeah, this is the one that we got for playing in the compete and collect. It's also got Gary's signature on the sticker as well. Really so cool. I think I might put that one on there. All right, Nico. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, guys. See until you, next time, enjoy the journey. Take care. Thank you for staying here until the very end. If you would do us a favor and leave a comment or a review wherever you downloaded or streamed this podcast from, that goes a long way to help us spread the word about growth mindset. If you're a Web3 native or looking to get started, you can catch us over at Twitter on Tuesday nights where we host the Twitter Spaces at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. There are unique surprises for those of you who attend those shows in addition to our podcast here. It's a Rug Radio production. Until next time, enjoy the journey.